Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time. Side space, Grand Square, oh, shark bites with his teeth, babe, scarlet billows start to spread. You'll have to forgive me for playing this kind of weird song, but we've had a longtime listener and a terrific guy. He's a lawyer of all things, Chris Sundberg. You think he'd be on to other things besides silliness like this, but he likes to go out, as do I, to old record stores or old bookstores and find obscure, bizarre, off-the-wall sort of stuff. And this, it would qualify as that. Uh, give, give this a listen. It's a guy named Jerry Bradley, who's one of those callers at, at a square dance. But in this case, he decided to make Mac the Knife a square dance call. Oh, the line forms on a right, babe. Now that Maggie's back in town, come on a hit square through and I go, go get four, you know, and then you do side of that corner one time ago. Little peculiar, <clears throat> yes. but it's even more peculiar that a barrister, a man <laughs> who has gone to law school, would stop and say, you know what, I have to have this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like this. I must have yeah. this. Well, how you doing? Uh, if you're asking me, I'm doing pretty darn good. Well, I wasn't asking uh, you. Why would yeah. I ask you on our podcast? That's I know. I crazy. Just, uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm all right. Now, you, as people may know, you also, uh, in in real life, have a job where mm-hmm. that has you traveling a lot, where you're teaching voiceover approaches mm-hmm. and how to put a demo tape together and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so you fly a lot. Is there yeah. anything that you're seeing flying lately that is it yet another? I know they're always changing I the know. things you can or cannot take on an airplane. Those Those rules seem to be very fluid. Well, but, currently, uh, well, you know, I've been home for a couple of months. I don't travel about four, five, four, five months out of the year. I don't travel. So I've been home for a while, but there's been a couple of things that have happened while I've been home that I'm getting a little twitchy about. The first thing is the government shutdown, which as of right now that we're taping today, I don't know, what are we in day, day 492? 780. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I figured. No, so it, I, got, I, I, got, I would assume it's over by now, but what a painful thing for so many people. But I got to tell you, well, as of right now, as as we're taping, it's not. And I'm getting a little concerned. Wait a minute, I, just ended. Oh, and but I've got to. Oh, wait, head, no, I was wrong. I got to head to the airport. It started and, up again. Tack it up, tack it up, buddy, gonna shut you down. Where the road is wide, two cool shorts standing side by side. Yeah, I'm feeling Jack and Stingray and a 413. 
I'm very concerned about, you know, the TSA and how is this going to affect uh, my flight safety. And I'm not very concerned. I'm not losing sleep over it. But it does, it's sort of sitting there on my shoulder going, well, I don't know. Because I'm leaving in a couple of weeks for my first trip of 2019. And I'm kind of worried about that. The other thing that came up uh, that just went into effect uh, in, in January of 2019 was uh, <laughs> that now I guess tipping um, <clears throat> flight attendants on on the airplane is now a thing. It's it's now uh, a thing. <clears throat> and it started with... Uh, a, well, how do we know it's a thing? Do they announce it at the beginning of your flight? No, what they do, this is, and this is currently only as of this taping on one airline called Frontier Airlines. And that's a that's bunch the one of, with the with the uh, with the fringe hanging off of it, right? Yeah, it's a very much yeah. a budget carrier type air airline. Yeah, um, yeah but I, saw, now, I saw a captain wearing a Davy Crockett hat. Yeah. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, green estate in the land of the free, raised in the woods so he knew every tree. Killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. So, yeah, so the, the thing is when you order, so I don't, I don't know, when you're flying, if you order food or if you order drinks, all cabins are... are, are I do are, order stuff, but I'd always do it by clapping. I, <laughs> well, I go, it's, oh, attendant. It's, yes, that goes over well. Yeah. It's even better if you call them stewardess. Do that. Stewardess. Yeah. That's That'll make them come running right yeah, away. Okay, good. I'm writing that down. Yeah. So now you, it's a cashless, uh, most cabins are cashless, so. Most podcasters are also cashless. You order your drink, you hand them your credit card, they swipe it through their little handheld thingamajigger, and apparently now when they hand you back the little tablet, there's a place where you can put a tip on it. And you and I brought this up earlier, a couple episodes ago, when we were talking about the tablets at, at a coffee place right, where they right, spin it around right. and it's in big letters. How much would you like to tip? And you're kind of wondering how many people behind you are seeing that you're not, you don't feel like you really want to tip them very much. Yeah, place, places that uh, that cut hair are also doing this kind of thing now. Well, but that's always been a place to tip. Tipping your hairdresser, tipping your waitress, <clears throat> but tipping a person at the counter, tipping my airline a, a flight attendant, I, I, I'm just, where is it going to stand? It's a slippery slope. But so now this is a thing where, um, where they're doing this on Frontier Airlines. Now, United Airlines are not, the flight attendants currently still are not allowed to accept tips. Um and American Airlines, they're also instructed to decline any tips. Um, Southwest Airlines uh, is also discouraging tipping, but their flight attendants are allowed to accept tips if the customer insists on it. So <clears throat> I, well, I just think it's yeah. an interesting, interesting the price of, of, of airline tickets that now you're sort of feeling guilted into when you're handed back this, this tablet is she going to then if if the plane goes down and she noticed that you didn't give her a tip is she, are she are you going to be the last one out the door cuz she's like well you know i'd save you, you but you had a chance you had a chance to come through for me yeah and or that you didn't tip enough that right. might be a, that also might right. put her nose nose so out of joint i don't mind tipping in in something that's not a life or death situation but now i am feeling like well i probably better tip her if i want her to have my back if things go sideways on this flight well what do i you know think? what do you think and about that i i don't know but 
Uh, you and I have talked about this before, uh, particularly in Seattle, because I had the rare privilege of being on TV for many years. Uh, that if I'll go into a restaurant or, or any kind of place where you it might be expected to tip, if they recognize you, they might even say something, oh yeah, I used to watch you. Then you're dead meat. Right. Then you have to tip. Because the, the, well. the word can't be, hey, we just had uh, Pat Cashman in here a couple days ago. God, what a cheap ass he is. You cheap ass Americana. Haven't you seen? You cheap ass your sunlight sometimes. Cheap ass me. Yeah, you're right. You do have a little bit more of a responsibility if you have but I think, any any sort of celebrity status, even if it's just local or, or otherwise. But I, I'm I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about well, I what what did T I tip stood for to ensure promptness or something like that. Uh, the idea was if they served you well, they they were prompt, they did it quick, they went to extra trouble, um, you know. Well, now it stands it's for to, to ensure reward. passenger safety. That's what TIPS stands for now. Since when does safety spelled with a P? Well, TIPS, T-I-P-S, to ensure passenger oh, tips. safety. Really? That's serious? No, I'm to, kidding. I just yeah, made that well, up. Yeah, okay. I can't tell with you sometimes. <laughs> um, I know. I'm so hard to read. I always tip, uh, you know, I'm, I'm down in Oregon much of the time, and you cannot pump your own gas here. Which is if, still if, is, if you do pump your own gas, you're immediately sent off to prison. penitentiary for yeah. at least two months. Yeah. So you don't dare tip it. But I will tip um, gas station attendants from time to time. I'll usually give them if I'm filling up my tank, I'll give them like two or three bucks. Yeah. And but, most of the time they're going, hey, thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's not a typical thing, but that's nice. I figure this is somebody who's actually performing a service. Uh, and right. And invariably they. Some of these stations I go to here, they also do your windshield yeah, in, and in wintry weather like that. So very they much should get a little extra secret sauce for that. Very much how that used to be, though, in the old days when you'd pull into the gas station and you had the guy in the white um, outfit and the white hat that would come running out after you rolled. Remember the old ding ding? I, oh, yeah. The old, the old ding ding. There's a throwback... There's a throwback radio, uh, a, th- a throwback gas station down here in Central Oregon where they and they have both male and female gas attendants, but they wear those yeah. uniforms like you're talking about, and just as a kind of a nostalgia thing. And then they have the ding ding, yeah. the little thing you roll your car over. And yeah. tip, tipping was normal, normal back then as well. But even now, and also like the good old days, they the attendants will have a cigarette going. <laughs> with the ash about to fall into the gas into into your gas tank. Yeah. Yeah. And even now with uh painting or remodeling, you know, I had a lot of different things done on my house this year, but I guess now after you pay thousands of dollars to have somebody put in new windows, you're supposed to tip the crew as well. Did you know that's the yep. thing now too? Yeah, I that know that's the thing. That is a bunch of baloney. Well, when I then when I don't do it, like we had these guys we were forced to asphalt our driveway here. And uh and these guys, they had a huge crew, and they're all out there working. And 
and we thank them, and off they go. And then I thought, oh, geez, I forgot to tip them. It seems yeah. like this would have been a tip situation. But how do you tip a crew of, this was like nine yeah. people. And and what if the bill, what if you're getting done is a $10,000 remodel? Are you supposed to tip 20%? Uh-uh. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. Was a huge, this was a huge bill. We, uh, Our finances were exhausted by that point. But I, I still felt uh, that I kind of dropped the ball uh, on that thing. Uh, and they and they had this kind of, they were kind of hanging around longer than we, than necessary because the job was already done. Their <laughs> trucks were already loaded up. Uh-huh. Uh, but they said, oh, yeah. So, uh, anyway. Uh, oh, I'm itching. And I don't know where to scratch. Come here, baby. Scratch my back. I know you can do it, so baby, get to it. Yeah, so if I order, uh, you know, if I order a, not, I don't drink soda pop, but if I ordered a soda pop on the plane, am I supposed to tip her a buck? I don't, it's just, I can't. Well, it still should be up to you. It well, should not of be. Of course, it is up to. It me. shouldn't be obligatory just because I have this little swipe thing that says you can tip fifteen percent to twenty, whatever. But you, you can also say no tip. Yeah, but again, remember, I'm on a plane that could go. Uh, they down, won't remember that you. That could go down in the. Ocean. I bet a lot of people won't tip. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna. I I'm gonna look at it as insurance. That's what I'm gonna look at it as. Well, if I'm, you're gonna tip anybody, you better go tip the pilot because yeah. that's the one who'll get you down safely. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. All right, hey, so um, I'm done complaining about that. We have a, for now. <laughs> yeah, for now. Don't give it up on the idea altogether. Um, the um, uh, the Oscars are coming up. When are they in March or <gasps> Yay, something? I'm so excited. They are in uh, February. They're a little early this year. Oh, they are. Yeah, okay. they're a little bit earlier this year. They are. I guess on, they decided uh, to go Feb- with no host. February twenty fourth, Sunday, yeah. February twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. Yeah, I'm still kind of thinking the whole no host thing is going to be a big disaster because they tried that once before and it was a huge disaster. Mm. If you remember Rob Lowe when he came out and danced with Snow White, uh, that was, oh yeah, oh That's right, I forgot. Gosh, about that was that. a nightmare. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's one of the great legends of Hollywood. She's back with us tonight, Miss Snow White. Good evening. Oh, good evening, Mr. Archer. It is so exciting to be here tonight. I'm a little late, though. Can you tell me how to get into the theater? That's easy, Snow. Just follow the Hollywood stars. Follow the Hollywood stars? Oh, follow the Hollywood stars! Just for fun, go YouTube that video. It's pretty bad. I will do that. Pretty bad. Well, it's not like uh, they were, you know, the producers of this thing were sitting on their hands waiting to find another host. They're, they're, a host generally comes in, and while he will contribute some material usually or add some words of his own or something, there, there are other writers putting this whole thing together. They're producing bits and bits of humor pieces and things, so. I, I personally think they can get by without a host, per se. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, I'm sure they can. I just, I miss the days of Billy Crystal. Is that for me, or are you just glad I'm not Snow White? 
miss the days. Even Steve Martin, I thought, was a fantastic Oscar host. I actually got sucked into the vortex of YouTube Oscars gone by the other night after having a couple bottles of wine. And I was I went back and I looked at all the Billy Crystal openings. I watched all yeah. the Steve Martin Oscar openings. And I just think they're really fun. It's a big – I think that opening needs to be um, something fun. And to not have a host, you know – Kevin Hart's out, and unless he comes back in at the last minute, which I doubt's going to happen, but I'm kind of bummed about it because that's part of the, the biggest fun of the show is let's what's, what's the opening going to be? Well, I'm glad they cut back on all the glitz. You probably noticed there was no fancy red carpet tonight. That'll send them a message. Yeah. Well, you always want... For, for me, I, I MC certainly much smaller events, but for me, the fun of emceeing an event that includes lots of speakers and special guests and things is mining it for those yes. moments that are not planned. Exactly. And, that, and that's that's so much fun. It's so much yeah. fun in the audience. That if you can re, if you can react to something. That in just the moment happened. Yep. that mm -hmm. just happened, man, you got people eating out of your hands yeah. after that. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, but I'll tell you, I was really delighted to see that a, a foreign film, Roma, was among those uh, nominated for Best Picture. Of course, they, yeah. they nominate like 10 of them these days, right? Yes, they but, do. That's that's a very different and only in recent years. It used to be five. Right. And when you're talking about best director, best actress, best actor, they're still limiting those to five, which... Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting, Little. but they have expanded the best picture category to uh, 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Actually, there's eight best pictures now nominated. I, I don't know the, all of those movies off the top of my head, but I've seen Black Panther. I thought uh, that was, um, oh, I didn't see Black Panther because it's a, a, isn't it a, like a Marvel comic book thing? I just, mm -hmm. I can't get into those. I don't, I don't do Batman. I don't do Spider-Man. But Batman's not Marvel, so don't well, don't put him in there. You know there. what I'm talking about. That's DC all the way. But I know, but you you know what I'm talking. You about. You know what? I have to say that I find some of that stuff very well done and very entertaining. Yeah, not uh, for me. It's just not for me. It's that, but it would. It's never my first choice. So I like I like a great story, especially some a movie that'll take you someplace that you never would have experienced yourself before. And that's why this movie Roma, which I saw on Netflix, it's still there. Mm -hmm. And I got so excited about it, I had to tell you about it. And yeah. I evangelized about this movie to everybody I could see. Because it it starts very slowly, and you got to read subtitles, and some people hate doing that. And it also is disadvantaged by being in black and white, which I love. But uh, some people, don't, oh, I don't want to watch that if it's in black and white. Mm -hmm. And you especially hear this from dogs. <laughs> so I say, uh, I say, okay, if you can't get past that, then you probably shouldn't watch this movie. But I, I don't think I've seen a movie that was more powerful to me in a long time than yeah. this one. Yeah, I and, it was uh, well done as well. And, um, and one of the things I would, and I don't want to give any spoilers in here, but man, people, you got to watch this movie. It's fantastic. And be patient. It'll take, a, it, it doesn't really quite, but it, there's a purpose to all the preceding when it gets into well, the film here. Yeah, but. and and just to give people an idea, because a lot of people didn't even know what it was about, but Alfonso uh, uh, Cuaron, I'm probably butchering his name, um, 
this is a love letter to his nanny uh, who grew up he he grew up in uh, a city in Mexico and this is Mexico really city. this is really a love letter to her um, um, but yeah I think I thought it was I, yes, I, I, I don't think it's the best movie I've seen this year but I thought it was pretty powerful it's the best one I've seen yeah uh, it just knocked me out actually and there what there are two scenes in particular in this movie there are many others but there's two scenes in particular that are really intense incredibly intense scenes and they do no he does no cutaways and so it's like yeah 10 minute 10 minutes of one shot yeah single and, shot uh, yeah and it happens several times in the movie and so i'm as astonished by the filmmaking yeah. as i am by the film itself yeah it's and definitely then of course you got this, some awards you got this young uh, this young woman who's never acted before as far as i know that's that sad. has this been nominated. Is, yeah, been nominated for best actress. It's her first. Uh, Aparicio is, I think, is her last yeah, name. Yeah, something like uh, that. Yalitza Aparicio. This is her first movie she's ever been in. So yeah, really yeah. fabulous. Uh, the yeah. other uh, other best pictures, Black Klansman. If you haven't seen that, I've seen that. That's good. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was really good. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I really it. want to see that. And uh, the, that's about the uh, the group Queen, yeah. of course. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the bandango? Thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening me. Galileo, 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 Picaro. I'm just a poor boy. And the favorite, uh, which looks wonderful. Except they misspelled favorite. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah. It's, that it's, really upsets me. I know. Uh, Green Book is also nominated. Roma, as you mentioned, A Star is Born, the remakes, uh, and Vice, which I don't know if you saw um, the transformation that the um, the people, the the uh, special effects or the makeup people did on Christian Bale to play. Yeah. Uh, to play no, his... No, I have. I oh, have. my I... gosh. It's astonishing. And he's well, also thought, uh, nominated. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that that looks pretty good. I have not seen it yet, however. It seems an unlikely uh, movie to even make. Uh, yeah, it does. Dick Cheney, but, it, but apparently it's really, really good. Looks yeah. good. Yeah, it I'll looks be checking good. that one out. I want you to be my VP. I want you. You're my vice. Well, George, I... Uh, <laughs> I'm the CEO a large company and I have been Secretary of Defense and I have been White House Chief of Staff the Vice Presidency is a mostly symbolic job uh -huh. however if we came to a uh, different understanding I can handle the more mundane jobs overseeing bureaucracy military energy and uh, foreign policy yeah right i like that i also yeah. saw another small film that didn't get nominated for anything as far as the oscars are concerned called the writer have you heard of that movie no it has to do they it is based on a true story about a guy that gets his head kicked in pretty good uh, in a rodeo he's a professional rodeo guy and uh he, he basically is told you medically you're not you you're not going to ride again. You you can't ride. He's determined he's going to ride again, mm. even though he had this severe head injury. But the the interesting thing about it is that it is real people, the real people for the most part, in this true story that are are the actors, mm -hmm. and and that was the director's choice. And uh, 
and they're really good. There's a certain authenticity to real people playing themselves. No more writing, no more rodeos. If you don't stop, your seizures are gonna get worse. I'd sell Gus, Brady. I can't sell Gus. It's not like you can ride anymore. It's a it's a smallish film, but it's pretty pretty profound and, and really nicely done. Uh, I saw one one critic say it was the best film of the year, with Roma second best. Mm. Uh, I didn't think it was, the writer was that good, but it it's okay. I went so. to uh, see uh, the movie called On the Basis of Sex. I saw that this week with my aunt. Ruth Bader Ginsburg story. Fantastic movie. I'm Ruth Bader Ginsburg. My husband is in the second year class. And why are you here, Miss Ginsburg? To learn more about his work. So I can be a more patient and understanding wife. And I, I got to tell you, the end, the end, and, and it's just for me, I, I know this won't affect everyone the same way, but for me, um, as a woman, the ending actually had made me tear up. She has this wonderful moment in court, and it just, uh, her speech is, <laughs> it's astonishing. So if you get a chance, definitely catch that. And if you haven't for seen sure. the documentary. Did you see the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary that's that what CNN I was just, produced? That's what I was just saying. If you haven't seen that documentary, RBG, run, don't walk. It's on Netflix. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu for free right now. Um, and uh, and Amazon. So okay, terrific documentary. Thank you very much. I'm very happy with it, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess I didn't tell you that I had a hand in producing Ah, it. yeah, I didn't realize. I yeah. thought maybe you... I wanted to wait I and see maybe... if anybody liked it first. I thought maybe you played her is that maybe what happened there. No. Yeah. No, I, I played her as an infant. I don't know if they cut that scene. But no, <laughs> okay. other than that, no. All right. Hey, I was thinking about something the other day. I ran across this... Um, well, I, I was going through a joke book. And I've, and I've got a good joke lined good, up for Because I know last week yeah. was a disappointment. Wow. But, um, that was a stinker. Now, okay, come on. Come it on was, now. I was surprised because you normally really, and, and the way you set it up. Here, here's the thing. I tell people this. You know, when joke telling is not just telling the joke and reading the words. It's, 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 it's how you bring it to life. And you have such, and I'm not just saying this is a joke. You really have a gift for bringing a joke to life. You use, well, that's use, very kind of you. you except great it sounds voices. like I brought that one to death. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I mean. That's why I was well, so was surprised that it was such a stinker. Well, just and a brief. The, the yeah. other thing is, it was too short. Normally, you've got these great jokes that kind of build to a story. You take the listener along with you. I think you were just yeah. a little lazy last week. I think you were worn out by the new puppy, and you just didn't have it in you. That's that could what be. I think. That could, that could be. Well, it's funny because just to briefly reprise the joke, it had to do with a guy who had a leg amputated, and they amputated the wrong leg. And yeah. So there was a degree to that joke that it was kind of a sick joke to begin with, Yeah. and that was another reason not to have chosen it. But I, re I was thinking about that, and I remembered that when I was a kid, and I don't know how old I was. I was 11, 12, 13 years old, something like that. Uh, there was a joke running around. Some kid told it to me. And it's it would be what you would call a sick joke, and it had to do with a, the kids come to the to a door. They knock on the door of this house. Woman opens the door and she says, "Oh, what do you want, kids?" And they they say, "We want to know if Jimmy can come out and play. We're we're playing baseball outside, and we want to know if he can come and be and be in the game." 
and the and the woman says, "Well, that's very hurtful, kids. You you know Jimmy doesn't have any arms or legs." Oh God! And then <laughs> hold they, on, can then, you stop right there? Because yeah. that just makes me laugh. Because yeah, I was big on the no arms, no legs jokes too, and I'm very yeah. ashamed of it. But I didn't realize yeah. that this was. I am too. Okay, so go ahead. Uh, and, and then of course oh. the punchline of this one is, oh, oh, we know he doesn't have any arms or legs. We just wanted to use him as second base. Well, what you're doing right now? I know. I was. I just. I was falling down. I laughed so hard. I'm I had snot bubbles coming out of my nose. I'm and I and I told the joke. I liked it so much. I went and told it to my parents. Could barely get through the joke. I was laughing so hard. And to my surprise, my parents didn't laugh at all. They had this look on their face. They were utterly appalled. And because I kept laughing and laughing and falling on the floor, and it's the funniest thing I ever heard, they got really worried about me. Oh, so they thought, they thought you were like a psychopath. Yeah, this kid this kid thinks something like that. It's funny. Uh-huh. And, and then, you know, they went into the whole thing about, uh, you know, there, there are actually our kids that are in plights like that. Yeah. And they were trying to use this as a teaching moment. To me, but I, I still continued to just laugh really hard at it, and my mom actually had an appointment set up for me to go see a psychologist because oh. she wanted them to sit down with me. We had a preliminary wow. meeting with the psychologist. Oh my God! Did you tell and, him the uh, joke? Uh, I I think I did. I think I did. But and I again laughed at it. Oh my but I, not god! Not as hard this time. Oh my god! Yeah, not as hard this time because I was used to the joke, and my my mom and dad are sitting right there with me. Um, so oh my god! They were very worried about me, and they were worried about what kind of weirdo I was going to become. <laughs> they couldn't have imagined what did happen. Yeah, what kind of weirdo uh, did you become? They're right about it, but uh, it, it was just I remembered this because. About that same time, I and you and I have talked about this before, back when people had record players, I would go out and to there was a store called the 88 Cent Store in my hometown. And everything in the store was 88 cents or less. It was even cheaper than the Dollar Tree. And so I would go over to the record bin and I would look for albums like the ones you said, the music of the Beatles, and you pay 88 cents for it and then... Of course, it turns out not to be the Beatles. Right. It's just some, some j- knockoff yeah. cover band. Yeah. Uh, well, I bought this album because it had names of people that I recognized. There were the new Christy Minstrels. And I especially love the way the lead singer here, a guy named Barry McGuire, yells the lead vocals here. Oh, well, I told my mama on the day I was born. Yeah! Who else was on this album? I'd have to review it. But one of the one of the names on it was Hoyt Axton, mm, mm-hmm. and I remembered uh, that I had heard of Hoyt Axton before, and I knew that he was not only a performer but he also wrote songs, and that his mother was actually the the co-author, I believe, of Heartbreak Hotel or something like that. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Lonely Street, that Heartbreak Hotel. Well, I'll be, I'll be just a lonely baby. Well, I'm so lonely. I'll be just a lonely baby. 
So he had a really good pedigree uh, of sorts in the music business. So I got this album and I played this song and it was called Blues for a Hoot. And it is, uh, I've recently found it again on YouTube. <laughs> it's Hoyt Axton, Blues for a Hoot. Okay. And it is the most politically incorrect song <laughs> and I thought it was so funny when I'm a kid. Yeah, when I woke up this morning, you know I was feeling mighty bad. You know my baby said good morning. Yeah, hell, it made me mad cause I was evil. Yeah, evil haunted me. Yeah, I'm just so downright evil, evil as a man can be. Listen, listen to the very last lyric uh, sequence of this song. Yeah, I'm going down to Chicago. Sorry that I can't take you. Yeah. I'm going down to Chicago tomorrow. Sorry that I can't take you. <laughs> Tell you why. There ain't nothing in Chicago an ugly hog like you can and of course, I thought that was hilarious. And again, my mother especially was just appalled. And she forbade me to play the album anymore. And there were lots of other lyrics on it uh, about tawdry things that I didn't even understand at that age. Uh-huh. Uh, so, but it's called Blues for a Hoot. It's really, really an awful piece of music. Yeah, but I just thought it was fantastic. Speaking of Hoyt Axton, he, and late in his life, he's gone now, but late in his life, you used to hear him a lot on radio commercials and TV spots. He had a certain style and, and quality to his voice that put him in pretty big demand. After a long, hard day, cut loose and head for the cold, refreshing mountains of bush beer. Bush. Nothing satisfies quite like the smooth, refreshing taste of bush. So next time you work up a thirst, don't just reach for a beer. Pop a mountain top. Brewed by Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis. Missouri. Yeah, and he was uh, also uh, an actor, too, because he, right. uh, wasn't it uh, Gremlins? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Yeah, it was Gremlins, Gremlins he was in, that I remember, yeah, yeah. so. yeah. So uh, some friends of mine who have a recording studio in Seattle have told me this story, and I've heard it enough times that either it's complete baloney or it's, uh, it's too good to be true. I mean, it must be true, in other words, because I've heard it from different people, and, and the variations of it are not uh -oh. that, that wide. So Hoyt Axon is supposed to come into this recording studio and record a radio commercial and it's getting late in the day. He's, the session's supposed to start about 4 o'clock. And this is before we really had much use of cell phones. So they were getting a little worried. Where is Hoyt Axton? He's supposedly driving down from Vancouver, British Columbia or somewhere. So he had a little bit of traveling to do. Now it's 5 o'clock. They get a call from him from a phone booth somewhere up in Bellingham or somewhere. I'm on, I'm, I'm all, I'm on my way. I'll, be, I'll still make it. So they say, okay, well, let's, let's, let's hold. This don't close then. We'll stay open. So about 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, they're just really about to give up that we're ever going to get a recording with Hoyt Axton. 
and he comes stumbling into the studio. And I mean the guy is stumbling into the studio. He is plastered. Oh, boy. Absolutely plastered. Bad enough that he's been driving like oh, this. Oh, God. But I, I, I like to think someone else was the driver and he was just yeah. along for the yeah. ride. And, and I think, indeed, that may have been the case. Whether, whether it was his agent or somebody helping him, I don't know. So, um, so he comes in there, and he can barely stand up. I mean, he's just, he collapses onto a couch they have set up there. And so what winds up happening is they say, well, you know what? He can't even, he can't even see well enough to read this copy. He's, he's, so we're going, to, we're going to dictate this copy to Hoyt line by line. <laughs> And, and so they set the microphone and the studio. So he's lying on the floor in the studio. <laughs> oh They've got God. the mic tilted down just above his mouth. And, that, and that's how they recorded this commercial that wind up, wound up winning like a Northwest Abbey Award. Wow. Ultimately. And the guy is absolutely plastered. Wow. And somehow got through it. Yeah. There's nothing more to the story except that. I just thought it was amazing. It must have been one of the oddest recording sessions I ever. don't know. I think, and when was this? Supposedly back in the 70s. Oh, probably in the 80s. 70s, 80s. I, I don't, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that you probably, those things happen more often than we probably would like to think where people are, I mean, going into record stuff and they're, you know, not all there. Um, because sometimes yeah. people are well, stupid and they just do stupid things. And I don't know. Well, I've never done it. I, surprisingly enough. I, well, I, 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 I just can't do it. I mean. As much uh, as you'd I, like I, to. I just, uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I, my brain doesn't work if I've had. Yeah. One or, one or two too many. Yeah. Even one is brain stuff yeah. working. And it ain't, it ain't a real great brain to begin with, so. <laughs> I, I need every advantage. Yeah. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I'd hey, uh, can I back up for just a moment? Yeah. Okay, here I go. Boop, 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 boop. Um... We were talking about movies. This is one of my, this thing drives me nuts, and it happens a lot. It can be a movie, a TV show, even a newscast, but it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm watching, and, and it, it's like in a movie where there's a key thing, there's a key element of the movie, something upon which the plot twists uh -huh. and an understanding comes about, and it's, it's the denouement of this movie, and a guy says something like, I don't know, down at Shottown. What? 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 Back it up. But a gentleman And I think it, and it's like the killer is. <laughs> what did he say? And and I keep backing it up and listening. And I bring somebody else into the room. I look at his lips. I look away. I I just try to listen again and again and again. And you can and sometimes you just can't get it. It's not decipherable to anybody in the room. And I'm wondering, I've always wondered, how does a movie get get put out like that that nobody notices that you can't understand this guy or this woman? Yeah, there was a new movie, uh, and I 
can't remember the name of it. I was searching for stuff to watch on Netflix. And, was it? Yeah. It, it, and I yeah. was reading the reviews on it. It looked like a great movie. And then the people were like, yeah, but it was really hard to understand the Scottish accents. So I thought, hey, oh, that's yeah. going to frustrate me. But the the here's how you get around that is you just turn on your, your caption feature on the movie. You know, it, I found that it's not always... Um available on like certain netflix films oh i thought it was because they especially if they didn't produce it uh, and there was never a, it like it's a foreign film brought to the united states so that they never had did titles for it because oh. of where where the film was popular i see native area and they, they didn't need subtitles ah. yeah i watched one recently called the vanishing uh-huh about these guys out on a lighthouse that's and the they, one that's yeah. the one, and, it, and I, it was really hard. It was very hard. That's the one to I was gonna watch, and I I had last night for it. And I'm looking, and I started reading the reviews, and I thought, oh, my brain just can't handle this. We don't talk about this. You tell no one, and I mean absolutely no one. One more spoken, and we are dead. And when we get back, nothing. We carry on, and you do exactly as I say. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'm in a mood where I just need something spoon-fed to me. I, I don't want to have to work for it. And yeah. I was this one is too much. Yeah, work. that's what I. And thought. it's not that good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, would, now that's yeah. too bad. Yeah, I, I I'd say skip it. Not not really worth it. Yeah. Not really worth it. Okay. Well, I think uh, we can bring this cow into the barn. Let's do it. It's been a it's been a pleasure as always, and I have a joke which I hope this time will meet your criteria. And, um, well, did you, if it doesn't, did, if it doesn't, I think I'm really dead meat. What did you, you do last, like last week? Cause it kind of flamed out. Did you sit down and, and sort of maybe study what went wrong? Did you kind of do better research on your joke? Did you? Well, I spent a couple of sleepless nights afterwards. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I bet you By did. By the way, um, we got a uh, question last week about movies and you quite earnestly, uh, suggested a couple of really good movies. No, I books. Believe. We didn't talk about movies last episode. Oh, okay. Because I thought you once told me, I asked you this question one time. I said, what are the movies you like? And you said, I like the ones with sound the best. And you said, anything with Pauly Shore in it. I mean, you, I then you corrected yourself. You said, any mo movie with Pauly Shore I I, in it. I wouldn't want a Pauly Shore sandwich. <laughs> That, that's what you said. I didn't say that. Yes, we have. We were having a discussion of films, because remember, I told you I think the Ernest films are true treasures. <laughs> Ernest Scared Stupid is my favorite. It is so relatable. Have you ever seen that one? No, but I'm gonna rush yeah. right out and get it now. Oh yeah, you got to the entire Ernest canon yeah. is magnificent. Yeah. Ernest goes to camp, goes to jail, which I would consider the Godfather two of the Ernest saga. Well, if you and then there's Ernest goes to school. Ernest goes to Africa. They're all great. The guy who played Ernest, though, he died in the middle of filming. Ernest goes to Enumclaw, so we sadly will never see oh, that movie. Brother, but let's don't forget Ernest saves Christmas. Oh yes, and we we all owe him a great yeah, debt for a that classic. Yeah. So those are my favorites. All right, you're okay, ready. Okay, so you're right. I I just I just I just screwed it up. So this time I thought Lisa's right. The joke was too short last time. Mm-hmm. Because a joke should reward. Uh, I think commercials are the same way. Yeah, I didn't feel you, rewarded. You should be rewarded I, for, I, yeah, for your time. Yeah, I didn't feel rewarded. I felt kind of robbed. 
and a yeah, little punished, and a little fact. bit punished and kind of yeah. and it's sort of pillaged if that's even possible. Yeah. Well, the, this joke I'm about to tell is has got whiskers on it. Uh, it's it's an an old joke. Perhaps you've heard it. Perhaps you haven't. I hope this delivers the goods. Okay. Because if not, I'm going to have to seriously get a new book. Uh, search my soul. <laughs> yeah, and get a new book. Are you ready? Yes. Here is our closing joke. Guy walks into a bar with a dog on a leash. And the guy says, Bartender, I'll have a scotch on the rocks and a whiskey sour for my dog. Bartender says, I'm sorry, buddy, but we don't allow dogs in here. And the dog says, oh, Just a minute. I'm not used to being treated this way. Maybe you've never seen a talking dog. Oh, don't get me no talking dog, mister. You're not the first ventriloquist we've had in here. No, 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 wait. Uh, you've got it all wrong, bartender. I'm not a ventriloquist. This dog really can talk. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go across the street to get a newspaper, and I will leave the dog here, and then you'll see. So the guy leaves. And the dog says, Hey, pal, what happened to my whiskey sour? Wait, you just did the bartender voice. Did yeah. I? Now the bartender's more like Oh, this. okay. Sorry. Uh, I can't I can't remember. I'm trying to the, do these the three dog, and I can't the remember. The dog was a little more softer like this. Was yeah. he? Okay. Hey Paul, yeah. what happened to my whiskey sour? <laughs> the bartender's astonished. Oh my crap. You really can talk. Yeah, here's your whiskey sour. It's on the house. I can't believe this. Say, would you do me a favor? Yeah, what do you want? Here's ten bucks. Ten dollars. My wife works in the restaurant next door. Would you mind going in there and ordering a coffee to go? This is going to make her day, and you can keep the change. <laughs> okay, fine. Dog takes the money, and he leaves. <laughs> a moment later, the guy who owns the dog comes back to the bar, and he says, I can't remember <laughs> his voice. Oh, yeah. Hey! He goes, hey, where's Oliver? That's the dog's oh, name, Oliver. interesting. Hey, where's Oliver? And the bartender says, You were right, buddy. He can talk. I gave him ten bucks to surprise my wife. Here, I'll go with you looking for him. And so the two guys walk out of the bar, the bartender and the owner of the dog, and they find Oliver in an alley, having his way <gasps> with an attractive French poodle. <laughs> okay. And the owner of the dog says, Oliver, I can't believe it. You've never done this before. And Oliver says, Well, I've never had the money before. <laughs> Yay, Pat's back! The best things in life are free. But you can give them to the birds and bees. I see. for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Oh.